Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. If you're one of the one person that's watching us on Twitch right now, welcome back. Everybody else, glad to see you again. It's been a week. A very exciting week or a very exciting few minutes, depending on how you're watching. Can't schedule things in advance on Twitch, the best of my notice, uh, best of my knowledge. But Chris, how's it going? How you doing? It's going fine. No, it really is going fine. I sound like it's not really going fine, but it's going fine. You did say it that way, but anybody that listens to the podcast, I feel like knows <laughs> you well enough to know that you don't uh, you don't have like that level. You don't exercise that level of sarcasm. So even if you don't sound like what you say, we still trust what you say. That's good. That's... It's good quality to have. Your words have meaning. Unlike mine, because I don't shut up, and a lot of my words don't have meaning. Uh, this week, we'll probably jump up right into the episode fairly quickly here, but we did want to say that next week, for Book 1, Air Chapter 6, we are going to have a special guest on, a new special guest, one who has not joined us before, and we have something I think, and I imagine Chris and our guests also think, is very fun and a little different and interesting. So, if you're interested in a shake-up, little mash-up action... Be sure to come back next week. It should be a very entertaining episode. Uh, that being we will said, also be reviewing an episode of of uh, of Court. I think so. Yeah, Whatever. yeah, yeah. I was planning okay. to. Um, okay, I should know what it's called because I feel like I just watched it because I did it's called, watch one hit. Uh, and the winner is that's the one. And so it it ties in very beautifully with this other thing that we have planned, and we're very excited. But we're also very excited to talk about this episode. Kind of, ish. <laughs> Chris, if you have nothing else, let's just get talking about this thing. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, so, full disclosure, I've made it known, maybe on this podcast, maybe just somewhere else before, that this is my least favorite episode of The Legend of Korra. I um, think we discussed it uh, towards the end of the last podcasters because I didn't know names of episodes or anything like that. But when I got to this episode and watched it, my first instinct was, that's the one he was talking That one right there. Um, it, In hindsight, I liked it more than I thought. There's a lot of good stuff here, I think. Um, and also, there's one other episode that I'm pretty sure is Mike and Brian's least favorite episode. They will say it's their least favorite episode. And that is the Remembrances episode in season four. Um, we'll get to it. Gosh, we even review it when we get to it. It's like a flashback episode, <laughs> but it's... Is it it's like a filler? Tr- like, a, like a TV? Yeah, like oh, a sitcom it's a, filler? Yeah, it's like one of those episodes, you know? Oh, where they just. So, the reason why... Which we'll get to also when we get the episode. The reason why they did that is because Nickelodeon came to them. And they were like, hey, we're cutting your budget. You can either fire some people or you can do this crappy episode. They're like, okay, fine, we'll do this crappy episode. And so they made the best they can of, like, right before the episode even came out, they, like, both, <laughs> they both posted on social media, like, hey, guys, this we know this episode <laughs> is not what we envisioned, but just trust us, like, this was the best we could do. They pretty much just said what I just said, that they could have let some people go, but they didn't want to do that. So that's why the episode was, like, how it was. Um, I thought it was kind of... Sorry, the thing is, there's actually some funny things in the latter, in the last third part of that episode as well. Um, but maybe this episode is still better than that. We'll see. We'll see when we get to that. 
and don't go into this one with like too much of a you know we're we're, we're approaching it because it just doesn't it doesn't happen very frequently that there's an episode that we just both don't like we went through what 61 episodes of avatar the last airbender there's like three or four that we both get to kind of knowing in advance that we do it doesn't happen <laughs> very often but it's still not i mean it's not bad it's it's totally watchable and fine it's definitely not for me i will give you it, it you is an anti Sean. You put in three bullet points. <laughs> I did, and I regretted putting in three bullet points. But it's whatever. It's I'm going a, to point out the good things in this episode if you don't like it, everyone. So. That, that's that's what we're here for, point out those good things. I feel like I had one more. Oh, uh, the episodes like that, the filler episodes, uh, like Remembrances or the Bottle episodes, like things like that make me so grateful. And I'll say again that the first two seasons of Community are my favorite two seasons of television. <laughs> period and it's only possible because of the <laughs> character that abed is it is the only thing that makes it possible and makes it work when they oh, did the God. bottle episode the bottle episode point, is so good it's so it's <laughs> it's bad good it's uh it's the good kind of bad maybe that's what we're that's looking so at. it's the good kind of bad like whatever actors he says that's not nicholas cage that i forget now but Eddie any loses her pen and she's like because they're all in the study room. The study rooms where they're at most of the time. And Annie like accuses someone of Britta of stealing a pen, and now, and then apparently she, she she then accuses everyone. And Jeff's like, "No, we're gonna find this pen." And then <laughs> they they get to the point they're where both they, standing naked behind tables because they've yeah. emptied all of the not naked they're in their boxers or whatever, but they've emptied yeah, all cool. of their contents and belongings out on the floor. <laughs> they still can't find the pen. And they even like Pierce has like a cast, and they even cut open Pierce's cast because he's been itching himself with random things. Yeah. And eventually, they're like Jeff, as he always does, comes with like an inspirational speech, and he's like, "Listen, a ghost stole this pen. That is more likely to have happened than our friendship being tested this way. Then, then one of us betraying the other ones, and they all agree. Yeah, a ghost. It's a still the beautiful pen. speech. Yeah, it's like yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. believe in ghosts, but that was really good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's the good the good kind of bad, but like, it only happens because of Abed's character <laughs> being able to. If the difference between the episode being good and bad is Abed pointing it out and calling it a bottle yes. episode. That's the thing that makes it good. If he didn't do that, he'd just be like, this is a stupid episode. Yeah. So and then Jeff has Jeff has plans to on like some hot date, like really, really hot date. I think date. it's the like, uh, teacher lady still. Is maybe. It, I think it's the teacher lady. It could lady. be. Um, and then <laughs> he has to, after he gets pissed off that he's being accused of still in the pen, he's like, he calls her up and like, hey, I got to go. No, we got it. I'm doing a bottle episode. And he hangs up on. Her. <laughs> uh, I need to do some do some more rewatch of, of Community. And that in my heart, I'm gonna try really hard to talk. When we're done with this, we're gonna transition it somehow into Community. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but I'll I'll think of a segue. But <laughs> that episode, uh, you talking about remembrances, or even talking about this episode, these episodes where it just feels like there's not much to it. And there's good ways to do it, and there's bad ways yeah. to do it. And what I'm getting at is this one is fine. We don't love it, but it's fine. It's, so, it's a stereotypical TV thing. Yeah, so all preconceived notions aside, I'm ready to focus on episode content. All three bullets worth. All right, so Tina, 
team out with our, uh, the fire ferrets are in the tournament. They have a great first round. They have a just great teamwork all around. They, they just kick butt of, I forget what they're called. The kangaroo, the kangaroo something. I remember the next mangaroos. Maybe mangaroos. I don't remember. Maybe. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Cora has feelings for Mako. And then she, she kind of holds it to herself. Anyway, she's at um, Airtable Island with Icky and me, not me, Icky and Janora, and they're like, "Hey, tell me about that Firebender boy." Like, again, I love this relationship between them. I, I love it. Like, it's such a sisterly relationship. And Cora is like asking them for advice. It's so freaking adorable. It's stinky so, cute. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, this is the funny part. I cracked up laughing for some reason because I think they did this on purpose. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. No, of course they didn't do this on purpose because that wouldn't make any sense. Um, which I'll make a meme about this later. But <laughs> Janora is like, oh, I've been reading these romantic novels and I read this one about this about this warrior lady who's, who's mad, who falls madly in love with the other size general's prince and, and then she gets on her dragon and she burns the whole town down she jumps into a volcano i'm like was she reading a song of ice and fire or something because that's <laughs> she may it's pretty that deep. sounds like daenerys sounds like daenerys targaryen it's song of ice and fire <laughs> plus romeo and juliet it's both yeah it's a heck of a mashup that's uh, what it is wait a minute no, song of ice and fire is one book right of the series I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm not that familiar with uh, the book portions, it's, but uh, that sounds accurate, yeah. yeah. Um, and then and then uh, Pima gives her advice, like, just go for it. Just tell them how you feel, which is terrible advice for Cora. Don't tell Cora to go for it, because Cora will go for it. She's very literal, <laughs> even when it's yeah. kids offering up the advice. But I do love how uh, this is kind of foreshadowing for some information we get later on in the, in the series because Pim Pim says that um, when she was like training as an air acolyte, she she had she was in love with Tenzin, but Tenzin was already with someone else, and then but then she told Tenzin, and Tenzin broke up with with his girlfriend at the time, which it's Lynn. Come on, yeah, I'm pretty sure no one's watching this that hasn't seen the show yet, uh, which is really. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait till we get farther into the show. That was like episode one. Did we already learn no. that in episode one or something? Nope, not yet. Okay. We just know there was a relationship of some type. Yeah, we just know they know each other, pretty Got much. It. We don't even know how close they know each other. Got it. Uh, just they're very familiar with each other. And he does kind of like say that she's looking good, but in a way that's more just... Uh, that, that professional yeah. passing, yeah. Now I'm like, mm, Lynn, you're looking good. Wink. You're blowing me away. <laughs> you rocking that puns. metal suit. <laughs> um and uh anyway, so Cortex advice and she goes straight for Mako and she tells him that that she's in love with him and he doesn't she said, he says he doesn't feel the same way. So the next round, um, they, uh, oh, you also wanted to mention bef- 
well, it doesn't matter. Um, the Nets around, they, they're a little off because they just they don't have a chemistry they had before in the fight. So then Bolin has to sort of step in and, and win that round of the fight. And then Bolin is like, oh, hey, how about I date Cora? <laughs> Which is... Bolin is sweet enough, but one thing, they both kind of approach girls in kind of this... I don't say the weird way. I mean, Bolin is just like, hey, what do you think about Cora? One day Mako's like, I think she's, I think she'd make a good girlfriend, but I think I want to date Asami. <laughs> yeah, and Bolin's like, I'm talking about for me. That part was a little amusing to me. It's like, oh, well, for you, no, it's not good at all. Yeah, not good at all. <laughs> it's like, but two seconds ago, you said she was girlfriend material. No, I said she was good, like a good avatar, good teammate. Um, so then Bolin's like, no, I'm going to go for Corey anyway. So, uh, so Makora and Bolin go on a, let's say it's a date, because Cora never says it's a date. Cora's just like, yeah, sure, let's hang out. It's, so like a cute, to me, uh, it's like a cute hangout. Yeah, so to me, I don't follow Cora at all. I don't think Cora's like stringing Bolin along or anything. She never made, she never like made it like, oh yeah, this is a date, I'm on a date with you. She's just like, yeah, go, we can go hang out, essentially. Um, and Mako gets a little jealous of that. Uh, oh, we do meet Tano, which is Tano, yeah, uh, which is leader of the Wolf Bats, who is like the champion of the last Pro Bitten tournament. This is the part that I personally, I don't know why I liked it so much. I think just because it caught me a little bit off guard. So they're uh, sitting at dinner, and Tano comes up. <laughs> So, first of sorry. all, it's it's super duper childish in a way that I would not consider good. Like this guy comes up with this posse that just follows him around, and that is not how real life works in my experience. But whatever, it's fine. And so he's You're like, "You're not talking, with the right posse." I, I guess uh, my town was too small for posses. I guess it's just you and whatever one friend that was by you. Um, <laughs> but then he's talking trash, and then Cora snaps for and Naga like busts her face through the window. I think it's either a window or a door there. It's a yeah, window. window. Like she was just waiting outside for her time <laughs> to shine. <laughs> it kind of makes me think of uh, uh, I have a dog named Charlie. Uh, me and Charlie are good friends, but Charlie does not listen except when it's time to go on a ride. So it made me think of like when I open the door to the car and I'll crack it open and real slow, and he just gets like all he's like real antsy. And I get all the way open, and he's just, like, fidgeting, squirming, and everything. And he's like, all right, let's go on a ride. And he just explodes. His vert is, like, eight feet. He just, poof, off the ground. <laughs> and when I saw Naga do that, I was like, that's my dog right there. Just on command to go for the ride. Um, also, it caught me off guard, because it's, like, I don't, it's not a jump scare. The uh, jump yeah. opposite of a jump scare. A jump happy. Yeah. Uh, I do think the voice acting with Tano is really good. He's, he's the right level of creepiness. It is voice acted by Rami Malik. If you know Rami Malik, he played Freddie Mercury. Familiar. Played Freddie oh, Mercury yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, this is just called Queen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he won an Oscar for that. Um, if you listen to commentary, Janet Varney is on this episode with Mike and Brian, I think, and she was like, and at this point, Rami Malik got a little bit bigger, I think. He was on a robot, not iRobot, I some whatever show is on USA. 
don't know why I can't think of it. No idea. Oh. Uh, He's a hacker and stuff. The first season or so was pretty good. I haven't even watched the last season. I uh, just got really convoluted a little bit. Um, anyway, <laughs> she was like, he was like really creepy in real life. <laughs> um. <laughs> but no, well, she's, she, and I'm sorry, in real life, but he was playing the role like he, he, he was pretending to be really creepy but he was doing a really good job of being creepy in real life like like not not like he was a creep himself sorry that's, yeah. i mean that's good <laughs> no. it's funny to think of i don't know this guy's supposed to be like a professional athlete and he just i don't know at least try to look like a professional athlete would you yeah um another yeah they were just saying how uh jenny were just saying how like how good he was at being creepy not like Rami Malik was, was a creeper. No, Rami Malik's pretty cool. She said he was nice and stuff, and so did <laughs> Mike and Brown. I don't want to go out there tarnishing Rami Malik's name on my small podcast. He'll come after me. He's the new Bond villain. He, so. Oh, interesting. If he yeah. comes after us, like we'll invite him to the podcast. Like, Lizzie, you can say all the bad stuff in the world you want on our podcast, but you have to come and be on our that'll podcast. Be the most, that'll be the most random thing of all the guests that you've reached out to and whatnot and and, then we get rami malik like yeah i'll be on your podcast and then (laughs) i got on dude i will sick i'll sick charlie through a door on him just for fun (laughs) it'll be great um but anyway so their kind of date-ish thing ends Mako's looking for her because Mako's like, I don't want you to hurt Bolin. And she's like, I don't want to hurt him. And Cora's pretty honest about that. Um, but then things get like way too, uh, too romantic. Because <laughs> uh, Mako's like, listen, I, w- I do have feelings for you and, and you're great and stuff. And then Cora, oh wait, they get to one point where where uh, Cora pretty much says, like, when you're with Asami, you're thinking about me. Like, I was like, dang, Cora, that's a little rough. But hey, whatever. You, you that conf- she got confidence. It was, uh, she really went for it. She told yeah. her to go for it. She did. Yeah. Uh, and then she kisses Mako, and he kisses her back, and then Bolin sees it, which makes things fight because it runs away in such a, like, a, and then he goes and goes to this place and eats a bunch of soup. You know again how professional athletes run. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um and then I do like so Mike has talked a lot about how much he loves working with PJ Bryan, which is the voice of Berlin, because he he uh ad libs so many things and he uh um I can't think of the stupid word, that type of comedy where it's off the improvise, improv. (laughs) He improvs a lot of stuff, and I'm sure he was just killing it this episode because, (laughs) like, he's pretty funny. He's he's drunk off of this food. Uh, Also, the commentary, um, Michael Slane, like, we had a really hard time getting this past Nickelodeon people um, because. Because like he he looks a little inebriated, but we we're like, what? You see what you're getting away with on SpongeBob? Like SpongeBob all the time is doing weird stuff. Like this episode where he's cursing, but they just bleep it out. 
and there's also an episode that where is he a is really liberated. Good episode of SpongeBob. Yeah, I don't like that many SpongeBob episodes, but that was a good episode. That was. And the Super Bowl halftime commercial one was a really good episode too. Definitely winners. It's true. It's like uh, just because it's on Avatar, like I don't. Yeah, how much harm is there to showing somebody inebriated? But that's whatever. But I think he's pretty. He's pretty funny. Just like you're not a good brother, a good brother. (laughs) And he's like drooling into the food. He's got a snot coming out too. I think. Yeah. So really. Even. uh, I thought I forgot the ferret's name. Even he's like asleep in the food bowl. Yes, yeah. Pabu, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then they have their third match against the Buzzard Wasp, and they do terrible at first, and the Cora uh, knocks them all out. Which is, I'm definitely making a meme about this later. Um, which is like, what do avatars have against Buzzard Wasps? You know, like Aang killed that one Buzzard Wasp. Cora's taking out a whole team of Buzzard Wasps. What's going on with avatars and buzzer wasps? I feel like there's an opportunity to instead of uh, out there king, killing younglings, <laughs> out there killing buzzard wasps. Just imagine if if Kyoshi was just <laughs> maybe Kyoshi had a problem with buzzer wasps being like stuck in the desert one year one day. It's just like f these buzzer wasps and just kills hundreds of them. And I mean, I feel like in my heart, I feel like she would try to eat them. She'd be like, hey, we can eat these things. And they'd cook them and they'd be like, you can't. Never mind. This is a bad idea. <laughs> but she, her heart would, would, she would try to recover at first and try to recoup her mistake a bit. No, I'm going total headcanon that Kyoshi has definitely eaten the buzzer wasp before. I believe it. You know, I also feel like we missed a John Mulaney joke opportunity about saying whatever you want to say on TV. But another time. Um, and that's kind of how the episode ends. I would say that between the Korra and Mako ship, and which we might get to this in a future episode with Jamie again, because that last one was so fun, our puns and ships. That's great. Uh, if we ever do a puns and ships for Legend of Korra, I would say I ship, well, once I ship it, but comparing the two ships of Korra and Mako compared to Mako and Asami, Mako and Sami, I think, works way better than Mako and Korra. My daughter probably really disagrees with me on that. Because, uh, and we value her opinion, but because of YouTube policies, her opinion is not valid uh, here because of children uh, the things. Sorry, Mackenzie. What, what's the age? When can, when can she start? We'll have to start from scratch and get her opinions on all these. That'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. The 18th anniversary of this podcast. Um, I agree entirely. I think, uh, by the way, did I ever mention like a thank you to both of you for how much funnier that episode title got after mm-hmm. I actually watched Hamilton? Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, yeah. I, thank you, because it was even funnier after I watched Hamilton. <laughs> Good. Um, this episode, I before we get into the ratings, I just want to mention that like one of the things that you're talking about here in terms of ships, and then you mentioned it earlier, and Cora also kind of defended it, is like when her and Bolin... I mean, it was a date, but it's like the whole crux of this episode, in my mind, is the fact that it, like, perceiving it as a date versus not a date. It's like, they were just <laughs> hanging out and they were having a good time, and then mm-hmm. if they would have, everybody would have seen that, and then it would have been fine. <laughs> but, 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 whatever. It's it's a weird episode to digest. Yeah. Teen romance. Well, um, if you don't have anything on the episode itself, let's go ahead and jump to some ratings. I've got plenty of time to complain 
over there. <laughs> All right, audio visual. Give it a seven. I'm surprised I didn't give it higher because I do think there's some really good pro bending matches stuff going on here. Um, I think the pro bending match in the second one overall, not only do they play weaker, but I f- it feels sort of forced bad. Like the first one feels good though. It, yeah, I thought. The first one feels great. Yeah. Um. Oh, and also one thing to note is that Cora, again, another example that Cora is a very strategic thinker when she's fighting. She. She hits the opponent, opponent far back in the middle, and then she hits the other one in the side, and then the other one's already in the middle, and then she forces so she can force them all out at the same time. Like, for some reason, people hype up, because uh, I get a lot of comments in my Aang versus Square video. People hype up Aang's, like, strategic thinking in fights, and I feel like he's really only used that a couple of times, uh, and mostly against really dumb opponents like Zhao. Um, even though he says, like, I try to be quick and clever, like, there's one thing to say something, there's another thing to, to show it. Um, but Core, I think, has shown a lot of times, as many as Aang, to be a, a, to be a thoughtful in her fights. Um, sometimes she's not thoughtful getting into the fights, you know, like the one in, in versus Amon, like, challenging Amon. Um, but there's plenty of times where she um, is pretty strategic in, in her approach. But... I probably could have given this a seven and a half out of ten, but seven, whatever. Uh, story, six and a half out of ten. It's you could do away with the story. I mean, I don't know. I like the bending aspect of it. I like the the pro bending aspect of it, and and building up Tano. I guess if I was I'm, one thing, I, I'm not a writer, but as a viewer, I guess I would take out the the team romance stuff maybe i don't know put in more stuff with tano maybe i don't know i don't know what i don't know what you do i like i like half this episode and i don't like a lot of the don't really care for some of the other parts of the episode i thought it's funny it's, it's funny though like i should I, I should i don't know i don't know what to do it, episode, it has yeah. three funny parts or yeah. sex, like sections, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I guess this episode just is it's hard for me to die. <laughs> I just I guess. Uh, memorable. It gets a seven and a half out of ten, which is probably higher than I thought because it really made me laugh in a lot of moments. Maybe that's um, where we're trying to encompass those other feelings that we can't describe, <laughs> and you just put them in memory. That's what it's there for. Yeah, so so now. Uh, Bolin was hilarious in it. Um, <laughs> the thing is, the whole—that's a whole meme of. So many memes have come out of someone kissing someone and someone else being shocked by it. <laughs> like, there's a meme of Korra kissing Aang and Tenzin being shocked by it, and that's saying <laughs> it's so stupid. But some people's idea of humor is very different than mine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, my score comes out to a six point eight out of ten. Mine were pretty similar. I gave a little higher in the audio visual because I was generally high on it, or good okay. enough with it at least. But I, I was that second fight. Like, uh, I know that it's supposed to be bad. Like they're supposed to be performing bad, but visually it's just not as good or interesting. Like, like they're too almost over the top dumb, and that bugged me. But nothing else about the episode was 
not good audiovisually. Uh, story, I I don't like teen romance or, or ships, and you heard a couple episodes ago, I'm not the biggest on pro-bending as it is. So really all I took away with this, from this was three comedic segments would be uh, Bolin, uh, Bolin and Mako's conversation, Bolin drunk, and then Naga busting through that window. That was like the three positives that I took out of this episode. Memorable, I gave it a six because I would totally forget that it existed if I didn't watch it just now. Um, that came out to a 6.8. So overall, we're still to 6.8. So again, it's not that it's bad, and it's certainly not... It, it, it might be the worst one in this season, but it's certainly not going to be the worst one in the universe. Uh, the Avatar universe. Um... Yeah, someone agreed with you on pro bending in our last um, episode. Maybe it was our last episode. I'm gonna read it real quick. Let's see here. I'm flattered. Thanks. The uh, we found the one person. It's uh, not Quidditch bad. I'm giving like it's not anywhere near that bad. I believe it was on a leaf in the wind. Sounds right. Which okay it says. If the comments load, apparently my Wi-Fi is not the best. Me trying to prolong. While you hum at your phone and try to get to work. I will say that before I critique it too much, what I need to do is like attempt to redesign it. Like if I'm going to come out with all these criticisms, you know, what would I do different about pro bending? So at some point, I will propose a new form of pro bending. It's going to be great. Oh, it was Hub Holman, which they say, I have to agree with Sean. I never thought ProBinion was a well-balanced game, and the rules were vague. So I just checked the game, and the rules do make more sense now. Really liked the idea of a fighting sport with the team, though. By the way, thanks for reading the comment. That was unexpected. Put a smile on my face. While at work. I always come here to comment because I like the simple interactions. I can't comment on Spotify, of course. Anyway, nice episode. 10 out of 10. So thank you. And I hope you like this comment as well. We read this comment too. That's kind of handy. Hey, thanks for agreeing with me. And like I said, before I talk more trash on it. No, screw Sean. I will. That's fair. Yeah, you know, I, I deserve it. Um, <laughs> I'll redesign it. We'll, redes- we'll reinvent it as a group and we'll come up with a better pro bending. I don't know how. I'll think on it. You know, I was thinking, like, eventually there'll be enough airbenders to add airbending to it. But you can't. That's going to change can... everything. That's part of the problem is if you include all four elements, then you're, you have to change the whole game. Well, so some of the rules in pro bending is like there, can, there can't be excessive force and there can't be um, like there's a hosing rule, right? Like Korra can't like continually push water against somebody. Like you Which only push dumb. so much. Why not? That's part of bending. Um, and then I'm guessing fire and earth is the same way because earth, you know, you only have discs to work with. But like in air, sure, us, the audience, can see air, but that's only because they make it to where we can see air so we yeah. can visually see where it's coming from. But within the context and the universe of the show, they can't see air. So how would they incorporate an airbending rules to be like, hey, don't do not do that? Like it would, uh, I don't know, it would just be... You would almost have to. Uh, I can't think of a way. Maybe put. They'll probably have to put like sand or something in their gloves, 
and that way you can see where the mist is coming from. You can see if there's an over, um, some maybe some of that mist. You can see if there's an over usage of air. Yeah, it certainly seems like water and earth, uh, and I'm sure I'm messing something up here, and I should know better. It's like water and earth. You really are at the mercy of your surroundings more than, uh, more than fire and air. Yeah. It seems like so. I I want to create a team sport out of it. I want it to be a. a a team sport not like track some of the total country gold medals team sport but like a real team sport um but all i can keep thinking of is like pokemon stadium where there's like two teams and a coach and he's got one at each bender and he's got to decide which one to send out at each time do you ever play pokemon stadium yeah 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 and that's all i can keep thinking of is just agni kai's but with different bending and it's just <laughs> two coaches trying to like paper scissors rock uh each other with agni kai's but I want to invent a team sport. I feel like there's opportunity here. We just gotta, just gotta use our brains. Honestly, yeah. I want it to have a ball because all of my favorite sports have balls. I can't. Balls. I can't think of a good one to use the ball. It would have to be like be. a really durable ball made out of diamond or something, and they just get to use bending to like like play basketball, but with bending somehow or other, and you get to carry some of your element in a pouch or whatever it is. I... It just seems like just forcing the ball in there. <laughs> it's it's gonna be fun or like volleyball but with uh with bending abilities or something but then air air bending would be pretty wild. i mean they had the they had the kick volleyball which is apparently a real thing like you can look up videos of like kick Those volleyball people it looks... are insane <laughs> yeah the, i cannot do any of those individual aspects of one of those moves by itself and they're like jump kick flipping and getting it over a net and it's insane insane We'll come up with something. We can we can make it better. That's for sure. We'll put our brains together, Avatar World. Another time though. It's pretty late. I'm tired. Chris's baby's gonna wake up any moment now. So. I keep you keep if anyone keeps looking at me looking over, it's because I'm looking at the baby monitor. <laughs> it's gonna happen, and that's fine. This is a family friendly podcast. Um, hey, well, in that case though, that's that's enough for me. I think it. Sorry to trash talk the episode probably more than it deserves. It's not good, but it's not that bad. I think I pointed out some pretty good stuff. I had I had more fun with the episode than I thought I was gonna have because sometimes I, I just think about like to me it's it's better it's way better than um, the Great Divide, and I think it's mm-hmm. still way better than Bato Bato of the Water Tribe. I agree with both sentiments, and then I'll say that there's certainly. There's probably a fair number of people out there that dig the uh, the kind of melodrama shipping in episodes, the teen romance or whatever. They're probably going to like it, and that's fine. Okay? Yeah, I, I'm not sure I can think of them. But... No, I, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even like rom-coms in any format, so it's just not, it's just not for me, but... You don't like rom-coms? I actually love some... Well, some rom-coms, depends. Crazy Stupid Love is one of my favorite... I have never seen Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, ones that I do like. The, Sean, the watch, crazy, watch Crazy Stupid Love. It's so good. I don't well, know what it's on, but it's so I'm surprised I haven't forced you to watch it. I have to put it behind the other TV shows and things that I got to catch up on. No. Get, I like 10 get, Things I Hate About You. I like uh, uh, I like Hitch. Me and my wife both like Hitch quite a bit. Um, I don't like Kevin James. I do like Hitch. And there's one more that I'm not thinking of that came out like right about the same time of 10 Things I Hate About You and it's that same more calm, less rom uh, approach to things. But This one's probably more... Okay, so let me tell you on Crazy Stupid Love also. Let me tell you about the cast. 
Steve Carell. Lauren you already lost me. I do not like Steve Carell. You already. I'm out. I'm out. Why do you not? No. Just watch. He annoys Trust me. the hell out. Fine. I'll listen. This is not. What? What annoy? This. This will not annoy. This is the Steve Carell that won't annoy. It's not over the top or anything. Okay. So the premise is. Um. Steve Carell and his wife, his wife cheats on him, and he's like, fine, we'll get a divorce, whatever. And he's just trying to find his, he's like this 40-year-old man, maybe 50-year-old man. I thought you were going to call him a 40-year-old virgin. It's like, Chris, that's a <laughs> <No>. different movie. <laughs> he's, he, he spent his whole life with his wife. He, can't, he, he doesn't know what to do. He's lost. And so he comes across Ryan Gosling, who's this like cool 26-year-old who's like gets all the women and stuff, goes home with like multiple women a night. He's like, listen, I'm gonna teach you how to be how to be cool like me. And so it's it has that going for it. But then he eventually finds a girl, he kind of starts falling in love with her, and he's like, What the, what, the, what the heck is going on here? Like I'm turning into this to this schmuck here. Um Dennis watch another callback nice. Yeah, watch the movie, Sean. Please, it's it's so good. I want to ruin. But you've just described so many things. I don't like Ryan Gosling, except in the SNL skits where the alien abduction ones. That's like the only time I like Ryan Gosling. I don't like Steve Carell, except in I. You no, know, no. I really, for the most part, don't like Steve Carell in most of his. I I generally like him, but I don't like most of his movies. I don't know. I'll watch it because you recommend it and because I have that much respect for <laughs> your taste in movies. It's, it's in but my when you ask me how I like it and I said, eh, of all time. then that's then that's that's probably going to be the end of it. But... <sighs> I know I might just start watching it right now because it's been a while since I watched it. I'm going to go watch Hitch just, go... To, uh, just to see Will Smith tell Kevin James not to dance like that because when he it's says that... It's so much that, better than Hitch. I've watched Hitch before and it's so much better. I mean, I, I don't want to ruin... I don't want to say that because you will go into the movie being like, it's not going to be better than Hitch. That's going to ruin your experience. It's, it's, it has no relationship to Hitch. When, when, when Kevin James is doing the dance and Will Smith tells him to stop, that's the dance that I do when I think that I'm dancing. And I have to remind myself, like, no, Will Smith says not to do this. And I'm doing it. But that's why I don't dance. All right, I'll watch the rom-com, but it's going to have to wait until after more... More MHA and more other show, what name I can't remember, and maybe after football, then we'll talk. <laughs> Just have a nice date night. You and Heather watch it. She probably Don't know what it, and that'll make me even madder, is that you recommend a movie, and she'll be like, this is a great movie, and I'll be like, I hate this movie so much. We'll see. We'll see. Could have been anybody but Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling, who is the worst titan <laughs> on the team by a mile. <laughs> The worst Titan. He is the worst Titan. Except for Jerry, of course. His his racist dad tried to get him in the game, but he's not good enough to be in the game. (laughs) That's it's not Ryan's fault, but you know he's also a terrible. He he accepts it. He's like, listen, Dad. uh, I forgot his name. Petey. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He's like Petey's better than me. Like he he knows it. It's a touching moment, but. And I also like watching Remember the Titans. Ryan Gosling uh, is in so many good stuff, Sean. You should. What is so many kids? I don't like any other Ryan Gosling movies. Uh, Drive. I didn't Um, see that one, to be fair. Blade Runner 2049. Honestly, I haven't seen it yet. Didn't see that one either. (laughs) But I I hear that. I will, though. I like Blade Runner, so I will. 
Um, I still haven't finished watching Blade Runner. Anyway, we're going off tangents. Whatever. You probably like the Notebook. Get out of here. Uh, no, I watched it once. It was fine. Ugh. Notebook and Serendipity <laughs> are on like my least favorite movie award list because it's just people. It's just people being choice. morons. Is all those are. I'm really sorry, fans. What? If you like The Notebook or Serendipity, you don't have to account for my taste in movies because my taste is terrible. I admit it. That's fine. Ryan Gosling was my choice for Batman for a very long time. Really? Yeah. Surprising. Not Jake Gyllenhaal? I always thought Jake Gyllenhaal would be a good Batman. No. Ryan Gosling, then Michael Fassbender, who plays Magneto in uh, the movies. You know, Michael Fassbender, you said that at first and I was turned off, but the more I think about it, I can see that. Um, well, hey, if if I have to watch that movie, you need to go watch the SNL skits, the alien abduction one. You don't have to watch them all. Just watch the one with Ryan Gosling in it. Uh, <laughs> there's one point where he's trying so hard not to laugh that he's crying, and it makes me have really you seen, happy. Have you seen that Ryan Gosling sketch about Avatar, the movie, about, like, <laughs> papyrus font? I know I have. It's been a long time, but I know yeah. I've seen it. Like He's, like, talking to his wife. It's like, why would this marketing person who worked for avatar used papyrus all they did was type avatar in this change of font to papyrus why papyrus and then he like goes to the guy's house looks it up and stuff and like it's like a trailer for avatar but not the movie and then <laughs> i think it's called papyrus i'm not sure it, it just drives him crazy i have I, I know i've seen it it sounds very familiar but now i'm going to go back and watch it again so it turns out Ryan Gosling, Sean does like him in uh, above average <laughs> and you will comedy like, sketches, and you will like him in Crazy Stupid Love. We'll see. Not uh, not this week. Maybe next week. In the all meantime, right. you guys should all join us next week as well because it should be a very interesting, different episode. Uh, hopefully, you hung out through this longest closing segment of all time about rom coms, which is a perfect segue from this episode in our defense. In the meantime, I'm Sean Shaler. That's Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. Don't forget to check us out on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And that's all I got. We'll see you next time.